Welcome on back to the 430 Podcast. Last week, you heard us talk about some March Madness. Since then, we've had a lot of NFL free agency things kick off with the start of free agency. So we want to go over some of the best and worst moves that have happened over the past week. Kelsey, do you, what is your best move that has happened in free agency so far in the NFL? You know, I had a few things listed here. Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, what Washington football team's done, and it's not just one move. It's more than one move. Um, last year, everyone knows they had one of the best defenses in the league. DVOA ranked them uh, third-ranked third defense, second against the pass. Um, they had Ronald Darby sign with Denver. And that would have been a big hit to their DBs. What do they do? They go out and sign the best cornerback in free agency, William Jackson. Uh, ranked ninth in man-to-man last year. Was fantastic in a Cincinnati defense that didn't do anybody any justice. Um, so they go out and sign Ronald Darby. So that defense should be just as good as it was last year. An amazing defense. They um, upgraded a little bit at quarterback. I wouldn't say a lot. Um, Alex Smith, as as much as I love Alex Smith, um, the fact is he isn't the Alex Smith that we watch in Kansas City. Um, so they upgraded just a tad in quarterback, but what do they do to help their quarterback? They go get Curtis Samuel, um, a guy who came off of a good year last year, um, a target for him. So I just like in general what Washington has done um, in this free agency. They, they help their offense a little bit. I don't think their offense is going to put up 30 points a game this year from what they've done. But that defense is probably a little bit better than they were last year signing William Jackson. And I don't know that they'll rank better because that's hard to rank top three two years in a row. But they'll be a top five defense. And that top five defense with a little bit better offense than they had last year, I think in that weak NFC East, it's going to be them or Dallas uh, fighting for the top. What do you think about Fitzpatrick having to be in the man, though, instead of being two and then sneaking in there for seven weeks and doing really good and then getting demoted. Somehow. Yeah, they need to start Henneke. He needs to play for about a game and a half. He's going he's gonna to win week one. He's going to play well. And then he's going to start to struggle, and then that's when Fitzmagic comes in. Yeah, but, uh, but Fitzmagic needs to show up to the press conference the week before he starts in like a suit with no undershirt on and a gold yeah, chain, his beard hanging down to here, because that's when you know he's got his swag locked in, ready to roll. I would yeah, assume definitely... Washington's looking to draft a quarterback somewhere. To, I would assume that they're not their their future isn't set right now. So I would yeah. assume they're looking to draft a quarterback somewhere as well. But Fitzmagic is a good patch for a couple year. You know, a playoff team um, that can easily compete or win their division. You know, he's gonna he's gonna give them that opportunity for how many more years? You don't know. So they've got to be looking to a long term quarterback. But hey, but I, does it? Does it make you just good enough to miss out on those good draft picks, though? Like, if you go, is there 17 games next year? Uh, they haven't decided yeah. yet. <laughs> well, it's almost a done deal that yes, there will be 17. Okay, games. so if you go yeah. seven and ten, or you know, eight and nine, you're right there in the middle of the pack. So you're going to miss out on those top two, and you have to try to hit like a Russell Wilson or something like you know somebody who nobody saw coming. So, you know, you might be right there, but are you implying that teams should try to lose games? Because I think they should try to abso, win. Abso, <laughs> F-word, lutely, teams should try to lose some games. Like, <laughs> so, so let's look at it. So let's move on from one team situation to another team situation, the Bears, right? So the Bears last year had Trubisky. 
They went and signed Foles when they had every opportunity to sign Andy Dalton. Then what did they do? What do they do this year when they ship Trubisky out? They still have Foles in the roster. They pick up Dalton, who they could have got last year. So now they're on the hook for two mediocre quarterbacks. And why not just go get Alex Smith at that point too? Bring in everybody. Bring in Blaine Gabbert. Bring in every quarterback that's sitting there, and let's just have a big old competition because now they're going to be a 50-50 team. You know, they're they're going to be you know in that 500 range, which you can't go 500 with 17 games, but you're going to be in that 500 range. You're not going to get a good draft pick. So if you're trying to do it one way, you have to. Do it for one year, get your draft pick, and then try it for another five years to be a Kai, Kai, can I let you have your moment in just a second? Go ahead. Thank you for the transition into my best free agency pickup, Andy Dalton to the Bears. You have a trash quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. Andy Dalton is a baller, okay? His time in Cincinnati, he was great, other than maybe that last year or two. The dude is a is a baller. He goes to to Dallas and has a very very mediocre year after Dak goes down. And gets down. benched for Ben DiNucci. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've all seen what the Cowboys do. Cowboys are going to cowboy. They don't win even with Dak, who I feel like is a pretty pretty darn good quarterback. Well, Didn't you and say like a week a the few Bears weeks ago the Bears are going to bear? Yeah, but you got the Red Rocket on your team now, like. I, I seriously think it makes the Bears a playoff team and maybe even better. Andy Dalton's good. When you look at his QBR, his yardage, his completion percentage, all those are – they're not elite level, but he is a quality starting quarterback. And now now they have a quality starting quarterback, which they did not have the last two years. I, so, I don't think Dalton's was... bad some people, but you're a little overkill on that. So, first off, uh, there's a lot to rebut here. But Carl, <laughs> yes, you, yes, you can in fact go five hundred if you go eight, eight and one. Secondly, uh, I guess you. <laughs> uh, okay, so the the Washington football team and the Bears. Uh, I think they're two kind of different situations. The Bears have a good defense. Washington has a great defense now. With when you look at Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young on that D line last year, their secondary kind of struggled. Um, that was the weakness of their defense. And now they have, you know, they lost Ronald Darby, but they got William Jackson, but they also signed Kendall Fuller. The Bears signed Andy Dalton and released Kendall Fuller. Like, that's going to make their team better. I have n- no idea what they were thinking. Um, Wait, did they sign Kyle Fuller? Kendall Fuller was already in Washington her, last year. Yeah, no, the Bears released Kyle Fuller. Sorry. Oh, okay. How was, the Bears the also Bears released, released their Kyle starting Fuller. tackle. Yeah, and then signed Andy Dalton. So, I think, I think Fitzmagic is a better. I don't know if he's he hasn't. I don't know if he's had a better career than Andy Dalton. But if I was picking somebody for my team next year, I'd be picking Ryan Fitz, Fitzmagic <laughs> next week on him or him. Um, <laughs> and you know, the Bears. I don't. I really don't know what they were thinking because I don't think they're. A, they may be a fringe playoff team, but um, I don't know. I I just feel like they're they don't have a championship caliber team to go be, be signing a mediocre quarterback for a year. Slightly above mediocre. They did. Did you see that package that they put out to try to lure? Oh yeah. the Seattle into the trading? I was gonna say uh, it was three first, a third, and two starters. But and, I and Khalil Mack. 
but what I've seen from yeah. um, Adam Schefter is the Bears are not done. Contrary to popular belief, because they told Andy Dalton he was their starter, they're not done trying to get Russell Wilson, is what Adam Schefter is saying. Russell yeah, Wilson, trying to put them together. I'm going to go back a few weeks when we talked about this. Russell Wilson is not going anywhere. So No, he's not, but they did try. Yeah, that is a try. I mean, uh, that's yeah. a, a darn good try. Like you, you don't get many better Cleo packages was, than that. I didn't know Cleo Mack was involved in that. That is a if and you have three first Cleo Mack. That's that's a lot. And the other the other guy they said was it's somebody they ended up trading or cutting anyway. But it, he was a good story. I Kyle Fuller maybe. Um, but yeah, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy up there in Chicago are just they are legitimately pissing down the drain and it that's kind of sad for Stinks a to say franchise that, that probably team. deserves something other than the Andy Dalton signing. That's what the bears do. The bears just don't make <laughs> smart moves. Yeah. Um, but so Cody, you had that on your, you had the bears on your good. So Kyler, who did you have on your good for free? I had Washington money? football team as my, as my winners as well, but uh, to go a different direction, I'll just I'll just go ahead and say the real winner in free agency is Juju Smith-Schuster. Jesus Love you, Christ. bud. Love you. Taking a pay cut. No one wants to play for them Chiefs or the Ravens. Just go back home to Pittsburgh, baby. I would so say I, he's the loser having to play with Big Ben. No, but I will say so. Like something we talk about all the time is nobody, no players have like a sense of team anymore like i want to be here till the end so there is no other way to win a championship in pittsburgh than to stay in pittsburgh regardless of what their situation is you can never win one for the city if you're not in the city so i get it but it's still it's still odd that like next year salary cap's going to skyrocket because of this new tv deal and he's probably going to jump anyway but no, the Steelers will have free up a lot of cap space next year, and they'll probably sign into a long-term deal. But Big Ben's going to retire, so do you do you go back into that? Scenario? I mean, they could oh, always. Here we are sleeping on Dwayne Haskins again. Come on, <laughs> I mean, you got to think after this year, they could possibly you know sign or trade for Fitzmagic or Andy Dalton, and they'd be ready to go. Listen, listen, just you got to love Juju, man. He's He's a rare breed. They don't come like that anymore. Um, it's really good to see, honestly. I honestly, I there's a lot of things about Juju that annoys me sometimes. I, I, I as much as I wanted him in Kansas City because I've told you guys I want an X and I think he could be that guy. Um, I was, I think that was pretty cool that Juju took less money to stay in Pittsburgh. Agreed, agreed. And I feel like I like Juju quite a bit too. The whole TikTok dance stuff was was a little much, but uh. Other than that, I think he's a good dude. He seems like very, uh, very in touch with everything. But uh, it was just a, a classy move to do that. Um, and I, f- but I feel like he might feel like he owes a little bit to the franchise after whether last year's meltdown was or was not his fault. I don't think dancing on the other team's logo is the reason the Steelers collapsed like that. You know, it it was maybe the catalyst to it or something like that. But I feel like maybe Juju feels like it. He's responsible partially for his actions, for being part of that meltdown that they had and that he owes a little bit of something to Pittsburgh, which is even another point in my book for Juju to, you know, good on you, dude. 
the the best free agency move that I picked, I tried to pick one that was kind of under the radar. Uh, so the Bills picked up a tackle. They picked up Daryl Williams. And they signed him to a very, very, very team-friendly deal. So Williams, you know, he's he's not like a big name, but he's pretty good. He ranked above average in pass block win rate, and he signed a very team-friendly deal at an $8 million per year average for three years. So, And he's only 28 years old. So when you look at who else was on the market, you've got Schwartz, you've got Okung, and you've got Villanueva. You know, Kung's probably going to get three years, fifty million. Villanueva is probably going to get three years, forty-five. Swartz isn't going to get much this year, but he's got a chance to get much or some more the year after because of his back. But that's a very team-friendly deal for a team that's right there on the cusp. You know, the Bills were in the AFC Championship game, and uh, Allen got a lot of that uh, experience playing in the playoffs, winning playoff games, and getting there. So that team just got a little bit better, I think, in protecting Allen to get him some more time in the back er, back there and stuff. So I think that was a very sneakily good deal that the Bills did here at the middle of the week. So I want to preface this by saying I have not heard anything from Mitchell Schwartz, quote-wise. My wife follows his wife on Twitter, Brooke Schwartz, and they are not moving from Kansas City. So that might be a sign from retirement. They just built a big house uh, on the Kansas side, and he might be retiring because they said they are not moving. Um, another thought I had about, you know, just I think uh, who who you guys think uh, was overspent for? You guys have – because I'm a firm – I'm kind of a firm believer in that going on a – like something like the Patriots did, a big free agent spend, uh, free agent spending spree, rarely tends to work out. But who did they spend like too much on? I know they spent a lot on a lot of people, but who well, did they spend too much on? Let's start with Hunter Henry. That's Hunter what I was Henry's say. getting he three years, thirty-seven and a half million, and he hasn't played a. You know, he's hurt every other game. We expected Hunter Henry to be great, but he hasn't been. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, the Patriots spent a lot of money. Um, one guy who I think they needed, the Jaguars signed Shaq Griffin. Um, and they needed DBs were atrocious last year, but they paid him in the range of Denzel Ward, um, um, Marcus Peters, Darius Slay. He got paid like those guys, and he's more of a cornerback too. Um, so speaking of overpaid, that that's a guy who definitely got overpaid. Well, they signed Jalen Mills, so that'll help. And uh, they they still have Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, my my overpaid is actually my worst free agent signing. So the Giants signed Leonard Williams, uh, defensive lineman, and that dude got a lot of guaranteed money for that. So three years, sixty three million, forty five million guaranteed. That's that's up there, and they have a. 34 million dead cap hit if they cut him next year. So if he regresses at all, that is a terrible deal. So he's scheduled to get 11 million this year, 26 and a half in 22 and 25 and a half in 23. That is way too much money for a guy who hasn't really proven that he's worth it. That, that, that could be scary for a team that's already in a bad spot. Along those same lines, Trent Williams for the 49ers got 
a six-year, $140 million deal, and he's 33 years old. Uh, they do have an, a, pinch, a potential out after three years, and only 54 of it's guaranteed. But you got to think that might cause them some havoc down the road with their salary cap. Signing, signing someone 33 years old to that much money. And I hate to do this, but um, how they set up the contract, it's good this year. It's only like a $5 million hit. But the Chiefs uh, overpaid for Joe Tooney as well. Um, we currently have six guards on our roster and one tackle who is a right tackle and no centers. Um, and we gave a guard the next two – after this year, the next two years, his hit's going to be like $17 million on the cap. Um, at highest paid guard of all time. And he'd be a top five tackle actually right now in the league pay-wise. You just don't pay guards like that. So I thanked Carl for transitioning me into Andy Dalton um, perfectly there. Kelsey, thank you for transitioning me into my worst signing of free agency and then also overpaid is Thune with the Chiefs. Um, he's He's got way too much guaranteed money for the amount of guards we have on our roster. Um, I don't think he's a – he's a decent guard, but I don't think he's a special talent worth that much money. Um, and the thing that I think about when, when you talk about him is playing in the Patriot system. He's played 80% of his games with Tom Brady as his quarterback, Bill Belichick as his coach, and their O-line coach, who's renowned as one of the best there is. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Um, and so last year, the year he played without Brady, was his worst year statistically other than his rookie year. Um so, you know, for the Chiefs' sake, I hope he can transition into KC, but it looks to me like he's a product of Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Tooney's contract, is it a little heavy? Sure. But how many podcasts ago was it where we said the Chiefs have to do something at offensive line? And so if you have to do something at offensive line, you have to go get somebody like that. And, yeah, you might have to overpay so he doesn't go somewhere else. Like, but so yeah, there's some other options, sure. But if it's not, if you if you want to make that splash and make your fans happy, I mean, the probably eighty percent of fans are happy that we signed him for that. So the cap's going to go up. It's going to kind of max some of that. So I'm all right with it. I'm not mad about us signing him. Really, I I don't like the the hit it's going to have on the salary. I think, and I know we've talked about this in our group chat over and over. Our overreaction to the offensive line from the Super Bowl is the biggest overreaction ever. We had our starting guards playing tackle in the Super Bowl. Our actually our starting guards didn't even play the season. LDT and Assimile both sat out the season. So that's both of our starting guards. Our backup guards were playing left and right tackle and our third string guards who we picked up halfway through actually near the end of the season were playing guard. It wasn't because we had a bad O-line, it's because our O-line wasn't there. Like that's that's why we that's why the o, the Super Bowl looked like the Super Bowl. Do we did we need O line help? Yes. Do we need to pay the highest paid guard of all time? Probably not. And if anything, we needed help at the tackles since we released both of our tackles. Not a guard, not a sixth guard. That's my problem. We don't have a single center on the roster. We have a right tackle who hasn't played a game in the NFL, and no other tackles. And we have six guards right do now. Do you think That's they'll keep? We're... Do you think they'll keep Rimmers at tackle for this upcoming year? Um, mm-hmm. I think that. Right now, I think the plan is Rimmers or Niang at right tackle, and they don't have a plan at left tackle. That's what I think right now. Yeah, but if Niang's got... our starting left tackle, we'll be in. He has he hasn't played left tackle since high school, so yeah, and we've we'll got. Uh, but we've got six guards. Don't worry about it. So 
I think the Chiefs, this will kind of go into the person that I think is still out there that could help a team. Um, you know, apparently the Chiefs had Trent Williams money there for a while, which means that we should still have money left in the bank. So this guy kind of became one of my more favorite players when he signed his last deal as his own agent and made half of his salary into Bitcoin, Russell Okung. So I think he makes a lot of sense. So yes, did we just cut two tackles that were kind of in this boat? Sure. But Okung has been a very good tackle over his years. And yeah, he's a little more expensive than what we would have been paying to just keep the ones we had. But I, I do think that he's an upgrade and he could play left tackle. And I've always been like, since he's going to negotiate his own contract as his own agent, he could make it a very team friendly deal and just kind of like space it out and do all this stuff. And I, I think that's really cool. And I've like, anytime that a player recognizes like other ways to gain assets, I think that's really cool. And so just from like, that aspect, I want him to be on the Chiefs because I want to be able to root for him every Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's kind of that's what kind of stinks about doing this halfway through because you don't really get the complete picture. Um, a lot of a lot of people on Chiefs Twitter complaining about what the Chiefs have done, and I do think they're still trying to get a veteran left tackle like Okung um, out in Kansas City. Um, if they could sign him, that would change the complete outlook of the free agency period. Um, also, they put in for Juju, so I mean, I think they're trying to get a receiver as well. Like I said, I wanted to do. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these teams, a lot of this stuff's still incomplete. You don't know where it's going to end up, but yeah, it looks like the Chiefs still have about twenty-two million in salary cap under the salary cap, and there's still some. You know, you mentioned Mitchell Schwartz might retire. Uh, the Steelers' previous offensive tackles out there, Alejandro Villanueva. I wouldn't consider him. You know, a super. The reason he's that's why he's still out there. He's not a superstar. I mean, but he's solid. Um, Eric Fisher's still out there. So, are they trying to re rework a couple of those deals? Um, receivers: Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate. There's still options for both those positions. Um, but like you were saying, Kelsey, the about the Super Bowl. I'll, I kind of disagree and agree that uh, we're you were overreacting about the offensive line issues. I little bit disagree because injuries are a part of the NFL and you're only as good as your depth is, um, which would lead into your next point about why we would sign one person for this much money and not try to gather just depth. I agree with that part of your argument. Why not sign, you know, two or three of these guys and make sure you have eight qualified solid NFL linemen on your roster instead of just going after Joe Thune, who's, you know, maybe a little bit better, but um, hurts your depth. So um, that's what I'll say to that. But there are still – T.Y. Hilton still on the free agent agency list. Yeah. Um, there's, there's still some good players out there. I think maybe they're holding out for longer deals than they're going to get. I think teams are down to just doing one-year deals at this point. Um, definitely an interesting year. Antonio Brown's still out there too, if you guys are interested. Pass. Pass. Um, yeah, I think what's going to end up looking like a lot of these deals 
yeah, somebody could sign a four or five year deal, but it's really a two year deal. Like anytime somebody's like, Oh, this person's going to be here for four or five years. There's always some sort of opt out clause or they get cut or traded. Like anytime we see an NFL deal, it should really just be like, all right, he's there for two years and then he might be back in the news. Yeah. Like Tooney's a perfect example. His deal is five years. It's going to be a three year deal. Yeah. Cody, so you had I, yeah. I think the guy who I think is, is still very valuable out there um, is Melvin Ingram. Um, I think he's a, a great defensive player. Um, I've really liked, I, I like watching him for as much as I hate his former team, but, uh, I think he'd be with defensive linemen being at a premium right now. Um, edge rushers, like they can change the game. I think that Melvin Ingram still could, uh, for a team that needs a little bit of help on defense, I think Melvin Ingram is a, a really good guy left to pick up. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot of wide receivers left out there that are very, very good. So I kind of try to stay away from them. Um, when you're not talking wide receivers, I would go for Melvin Ingram probably. Not necessarily from a chief standpoint, but just as a team in general um, who might need a little help on the edge on defense. Yeah, he, he could definitely still play. He's 32 years old, but um, like we said, we're there's he's going to sign somewhere. Um, hopefully for his uh, sake, it's a contender. But can we can we talk about – I wanted to bring this up the Indianapolis Colts. So the Indianapolis Colts have 40 million in cap space. And so I, at quarterback, they got Carson Wentz. They traded for him. I would consider that probably an upgrade from last year on a team that already had a pretty, it could, it may not end up being an upgrade, but I would assume that it would be um, just the way watching Philip Rivers play last year. He looked old. Um, but he was but old. They have, I mean, they had a great team around them. Solid offensive line, good run game, solid defense. If I was the Colts, I would think I'd see that and let's go upgrade our team. Let's become a championship contender. And instead, they've stayed behind the scenes and done nothing. So I was very surprised with $40 million in cap space that they haven't done anything. And, you know, they, they let Autry leave. And they still need edge rush. Like, you're going to let that guy leave, and then you still need edge rush. Like, what are you doing? And Justin Houston, who I know he's 32 years old, but Justin Houston has been a good edge rusher the last couple years. Um, The Colts, historically, for how competitive they've been, they don't spend money. They're almost always under the salary cap. And I don't know if the owner just doesn't want to spend money or what, but they don't spend money. They must be yeah, in the process of making money, not winning games. Um, one thing we haven't brought up, and I think everyone was trying to avoid the quarterback talk, um, but when we went through our bad, nobody brought it up. What is going on in New Orleans? Why are they signing Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston to mid-level contracts? The, the only thing that I can wrap my head around is that the security of Taysom Hill being able to play so do so many different things on the field. That's the only thing that I can rationalize with that contract is that so they d- if they start Winston and Winston gets hurt or Winston's not the answer or whatever, you have Taysom Hill there and he can play tight end in the meantime. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Why are you paying to- Taysom Hill starting money? I, so to I, I don't know. Point earlier, yeah. Hold on, okay. hold on. They did restructure this contract. 
Taysom Hill is only going to be like a $4 million cap hit this year. So does that mean they're going to release him after this year? Because after this year, it's like a $17 million cap hit again. So here's what the Saints are thinking. Truthfully, what I think they're thinking is they're not going to compete this year. I think I think they're going to see what they have at quarterback. They're going to test Taysom Hill out. They're going to test the reason they signed Jameis, re-signed Jameis. They want to test them both out and see who's going to be their quarterback of the future. And then they're going to build around that. I mean, they're still they signed Jameis Winston and they're still over the cap. So it's not like they're going to be able to get anybody else. I think so. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. Go ahead. Yeah. No disrespect to Drew Brees. Um, that team isn't any worse without Drew Brees than they were with him. Um, I think that Jameis Winston can step in and do just as well as Drew Brees. Like, no disrespect to Drew Brees. He took care of the ball if that's what you're looking for. Um, but he wasn't. A, a, they weren't ever going to throw the ball deep because he couldn't do it anymore. I'm speaking of Philip Rivers looking old. Drew Brees looked like a shell of himself the last two years. Um, I think they're fully capable of competing still. They're, that team is loaded, even though they've had to release a couple guys. That team's loaded with talent. One of the most loaded talent talent loaded teams in the NFL, honestly. Are they gonna? Is Sean Payton or their OC gonna gonna release Winston to throw it deep though? Granted, they couldn't throw it deep with Breeze because Breeze couldn't get it there anymore. But I mean, when you think of three to seven yard pass teams, the Saints pop out first in my mind, and that's. I, I don't know that that's a great situation for Winston. Um, so, so part even of though, that, go ahead. Even though I'd like to see Winston succeed in in New Orleans, I just don't know if it can happen with unless they change some things up on offense and let him just air it out. So I think part of that is as you get a, a career quarterback that starts aging out, you're going to start looking more and more like that dink and dunk team, but. I do also think that Jameis Winston being in New Orleans and being with a high completion percentage guy like Drew Brees, a true professional at the game, that cannot have hurt him. No. So not yeah, at all. that that year he was the last year he's in Tampa Bay he threw thirty, maybe thirty flat, thirty or something interceptions. He was a bad decision maker, but the ball it, it wasn't leaving his hands as fast, according to some people or whatever. I don't follow that stuff. This is just what I read. The ball wasn't leaving his hands as fast, but what you could see was the decision-making on those deep throws. Well, that trickle-down effect of having Drew Brees, this high-completion percentage guy, that has to have made him better over the last year. So it, did Jameis sign for like one year $12 million or one year $10 million? That's That's a worthy experiment for them to say, hey, did Drew Brees fix some of your mistakes? And if so, let's ride this thing. Because Jameis still has quite a few good years left in him to play winning football. But the Taysom, Taysom Hill signing was just wild. I, You know, when I they announced... They just, I think they with, just restructured his contract. Because his original contract was $15, 17000000 million a year, something like that. And we, I, I jumped the gun when I saw that they restructured it because they had him... Four years, seventeen million each year, but this year the contract hits only four million. So actually, they made it so they can get out of the contract after this year. Um, so he's literally like on a year-to-year basis right now. Like his contract can be voided any year. Is how his contract's set up. I don't think any team's going to sign him as a starting QB. No. I, I just don't see it. So, I think he's no, but, a. I think he's a cool option to have as a tight end. That if you yeah. get in a pinch, boom, your tight end can can move under center. But uh, 
but I don't, yeah, I don't think Taysom's a, I think he's a good wildcat quarterback if there was a uh, completely wildcat oriented team, but that's not going to work in the NFL. So he's, he's Tim he's Tebow the, without the stigma. He's a good gadget guy, but yeah, we, we saw him play this year and I, I don't think he's a proto, he's not a prototypical starting quarterback in the NFL. I really would like to see Jameis. Jameis Winston's got a one-year deal. I would like to see him ball out this year, and you know, because if mm-hmm. he does play well, he'll get a long-term extension there or sign somewhere else for as a starter. And they do still have a good defense. So I guess I might have overreacted when I said they weren't going to compete. I just like you guys. I can't figure out what they're doing, and the only thing I can think of is they're trying to figure out which quarterback is their quarterback of the future. Uh, so who do you guys have left as the best available that might fit a team, like the most obvious spot for somebody? Uh, you know, I brought up Okung. Uh, Kai kind of brought up T.Y. Hilton still on the table. Galladay is still technically on the table too. So who do you guys got? Um, honestly, there's so much talent still left. Um, the guys you just mentioned, you got Kyle Fuller that the Bears released. Um Adoree Jackson from Tennessee, Jadavian Clowney. Um, I mean, you got so many guys. And then you got Justin Houston, like I said earlier, who's a guy who can play uh, like passing situations and get pressure on the quarterback. The tackle position, the edge rusher, or the edge rushers, I don't know if you consider it a position anymore. Uh, the edge rushers, um, the receivers, the corners, there's so many at those four positions that, um, so many guys at those four positions that teams could still sign. Um, I, I don't know that I could choose just one. It's kind of like when we asked um, who's the best receiver available and we all named somebody different. Um, there's a ton of guys left. It's not a normal free agency year. Um, I, I really don't. I, I guess I would go lean toward um, Kenny Galladay or Kyle Fuller. One of those two guys is the be- most talented um, but there's just so many valuable positions, so many guys at so many valuable positions left. It's hard to say. It depends on who signs them, who would be the most value to their team. Yeah, I, I threw out Melvin Ingram as my best left, but, you know, Clowney's up there in that same position. Um, just scrolling through the list, looking at safeties and cornerbacks. If there's a team that is in high demand for a safe, for a DB of any sort, there's all kinds of them left. Anthony Harris, Richard Sherman, Fuller, um, I mean, Anthony Harris just signed with Philly, I believe. I'm just reading down a generic list right now. Um, Kareem Jackson, Malcolm Butler. I mean, there's a bunch of big names left. I don't. Somebody could have signed yesterday, and I didn't see it or whatnot. But there is a lot of D backs on this list that I would consider pretty good D backs. Uh, If you're looking at the best overall player, I I would go with Kenny Dalday as well. He's only 27 years old. Um, he was injured throughout last year, but before last year didn't have really any injury problems. Um, you know, the, said the Chiefs were looking for X receiver. I would think that would be a pretty good option. Uh, maybe he's holding out for someone for that long-term deal, but it might just be in his best interest to sign a one-year deal somewhere and get that bread next year. Um, I would say he's probably the best overall value, being only 27 years old. Javion Clowney. Feels like he's been in the league forever, and he's 28 years old. And he um, is not worth what he thinks he's worth. Definitely injuries have been a big part of his career. 
as well. So it feels like that hit against South Carolina happened in 2002. Yeah. No, he was at South Carolina or against, against Michigan. Michigan, yeah, Michigan. All right. Um, uh, so on your note about Clowney, um, I I tend to get it. Uh, everyone has been down on Clowney because they expected him to have 20 sacks every year. Um, in 13 games last year, he had 45 quarterback pressures. He also is one of the best DNs against the run. I think he ranked in the top 20 um, PFF against the run. Oh, he was the 19th uh, rated graded edge rusher, edge defender in the league last year. Um, and he was in the 95th percentile against the run. Um, you said 19th? Yeah. That means 19th. there's 18 edge rushers better than him? And he in wants to be paid league? like the top one? In the entire league, there's at least 64 edge rushers because there's two for yeah, each but side. He, he, wants to be, <laughs> he wants to be paid like the top one. You can't be in the middle of the pack. You can't be just good. And be paid tell, like the top dog. Tell all our quarterbacks that. Quarterbacks is Every, a different position. It's a vastly different position. But you're saying quarterbacks every year, like a top 10 quarterback every year wants to be rated, pay, paid like the top quarterback. So a top tier edge rusher wanting to get paid like a top, the top rusher is no different. But a, a, Top end quarterback is going to get you a lot further along the road than a top end edge rusher I would. I didn't say the rusher should get paid like a quarterback. I said a top tier rusher wanting to get paid like a top rusher is no different than a top tier quarterback wanting to get paid like a top quarterback. I didn't say a rusher should get paid like a quarterback. I said, yeah, but you also don't have the nineteenth best quarterback in the league getting paid like the top quarterback in the league. Well, that would be there's only. One I would actually Kirk Cousins does get and, paid like the and top there's of only league. one quarterback per team, so that's a horrible comparison. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, most teams is have four edge too, rushers right? to play, so you don't have the eleventh best quarterback in the league. It, it'd be more like, like eight, and you do have Jimmy Garoppolo is probably like the twentieth best quarterback, and he's one of the top five paid. He got you got the biggest contract in NFL history when he got it. Why wouldn't a guy want to get paid? That no, I'm saying he wants to get paid. He's just not going to. Oh, he paid. hasn't he hasn't he hasn't been healthy since like 2017. I, I think he played most of the year last year, 13 games or something like that. Yeah, 13 games. That's still missing games. Still not regardless. Healthy. I think I think Bill Belichick over New England's Tom Brady went in that Super Bowl without him. I think it's got him a little nervous with the way they're yeah, spending he spent money. more money in free agency than he has in his entire 20 career. years. Yeah, it was the Bears. We already talked about it. <laughs> oh, Cody's on board with the best free agency <laughs> signing there was this year. That's what they were thinking. Hey, this will go down in history as the first time we've ever done this. What was he thinking that somebody totally agreed with? <laughs> and I hate the Bears too, but good on them for this pickup. You're you're saying you hate the Bears, but uh, I think it was like four podcasts ago. You're like, I secretly like the Bears. No, I yeah. would never ever you're say like, that. You said I'll root for him. I, I'm pretty sure it was in there. I'm going no. to take it up. There's plenty of NFL teams that I secretly root for. The Chicago Bears are bottom of the barrel on my favorite NFL teams. I'm trying to think of a team I like less than the Bears. The Patriots, for sure. Raiders and Broncos. Raiders and Broncos. Um, no, I got it. March 20th, 2021. Bottom of I'm just writing some notes. <laughs> I'm not saying they're a bottom of the barrel team. I'm saying I hate the Bears. 
Bear down. Bear down. All right. Well, I think that's going to do us for this week's edition of 4th and 30 Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. Go check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us over there on YouTube if you're there. It would really help us out. We appreciate all the support. As always, be good out there and tell your grandma. Tell your grandma.